Hello, everyone. Welcome to Legacy Church Online. I hope you're having a great day today. I really hope and pray you had a great week. And thanks so much for joining us online this morning. I just want to thank you for your time and thanks for uh, tuning in with us today. If you have a moment, would you just uh, like and maybe share uh, this link with your friends, uh, your neighbors, and invite them to join us this morning for the word. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you would get those out in just a moment, we'll be turning there. But I just want to say thank you again. Uh, we've just been able to do some incredible things these, these last few weeks. And just over this week, we've just been able to help some families. And we've been able to uh, uh, partner with some local organizations to help them out. And it's all because of your faithfulness uh, in your giving. I just want to say thank you for those who are giving to the mission, the vision of Legacy Church. And if you would like to give to the mission and the vision of Legacy Church. There will be a link if you're watching uh, online with us today. You can click on that link, or if you're listening uh, later on or maybe on our uh, podcast, you can go to LegacyChurchRome.org and click on Give. And uh, there's three easy uh, options there for you. Choose which one works best for you. And we just greatly appreciate it. It's really helping us do some incredible things in and around our city. And uh, if it's your first time with us today, maybe you've never watched with us before. Uh, maybe your first time watching, or maybe you've never really filled out a Connect card with us. There will be a link that's coming on to our uh, Legacy Online site. Just click on that link, or if you're listening uh, in some other time or some other way, go to our website, and you can click on Guest, and just uh, a couple little steps there, just fill your name and your email address, and we just want to contact you and say thanks for watching and being with us. Uh, as we are on online and on our podcast. So thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for giving. And we love to know if you're a guest with us, so be sure you click on that link and let us know today. Amen? Amen. All right, who's ready for the word today? I hope you are. Get your, uh, your Bibles out today. We're talking about building the kingdom. And uh, this is our third week uh, discussing building the kingdom. Hope you've been enjoying that. If you've missed any of those, uh, you can go to our social media sites. We have uh, on our we have a Vimeo site, and we also uh, have our podcast that you can listen to at any time. Uh, but we're going into week three about building the kingdom, and we've really been talking. Uh, most of our talk has been centered around vision and the necessity, and really the purpose of vision for our life. And if, and if, you, if you don't have a vision, um, the worst is where there is no vision, the people perish. And you need to have a vision for your, for your life, for your, for your family, for your ministry, for your job. Whatever it is, you need a vision. You need a God vision for that thing. And we've just really been talking about the necessity of vision. And we really just start off in Habakkuk and he kind of writes it out real plain and simple and tells us to do the same thing. Also, where he, when he starts writing, he says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. So he, whoever reads it can run with it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, just wait for it. We've talked about waiting. It will surely come. It will not delay. Vision really is important because it really sets the course for you. It, it can help set a pace for you. Um, it helps you know if you're being successful, if you're reaching those goals to get where God wants you to be. And as we've been talking about, with vision comes that tedious task of waiting. 
And waiting is never fun. Waiting is never easy. I've never really heard anyone talk about how fun waiting is, have you? But along with vision, it comes that waiting in the process. And as we've been talking about these things, we started looking at Nehemiah and watching him and watching his story as he really starts to catch a vision. And that not only does he start to catch a vision, but he really catches a season of waiting. And in that waiting season, we've been talking about how his waiting looked like prayer and fasting. And he really was praying for favor, the word says, that he was praying for favor over those months as he was waiting. And whenever you are praying for your vision, I really can't encourage you enough. If you are praying for your vision, one of the most important things that you can be praying for, for the fulfillment of your vision, is favor. So many times we have a misunderstanding of what we really need to make that vision come to life or make it come to pass. But sometimes you think you need, uh, you, you think you may need an investor, but really you, you need favor more than you need an investment. You need favor more than you need followers. You need, you need favor more than you need uh, uh, connections or a deal. Favor. Favor can really do some amazing things for you. And when you are praying for your vision, make sure you are praying for favor that we've been talking about these last couple of weeks. Today, we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. So if you have a moment there with us, be sure you turn there. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 15 through 18. And the word says, and it happened... When our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing. God had brought the plot of the enemy to nothing. Can we just stop right there? That is real favor right there. All of a sudden, God brings the enemy's plans to a halt, to nothing. I want to speak that over your life today. It may be kind of early in the message, but I just want to speak that over you today that God's favor with your vision, God can really, God can make the devil's plans be nothing for you. I speak that over you and your family today. I pray that the devil's plans for you, that right now God is bringing those plans to a halt. He's bringing the devil's plot to nothing. That's favor. That's the power of God right there. He says that when they noticed that God had really diminished their plans, then all of us returned to the wall that they were building. Everyone to his work. Listen, and so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor, and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah, those who built on the wall, and those who carried burdens, loaded themselves, so that with one hand they worked construction, and the other hand they had a weapon. Wow. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. That will preach there. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Wow. Talk about teamwork. 
Talk about everybody coming together. Talk about everybody gathering around a cause. Talking about, talking about vision and progress. Everybody was working. Some were building with blocks. Some were, some were, uh, were armors and, and, and some were protecting. But everyone had the purpose. Everyone's coming together. Everyone's collaborating. Everyone's, everyone's working together. I don't know about you, but as, as I was reading this, it's kind of funny. I started thinking about this series that I've been watching, and you may have watched it too. Been, uh, it's been airing The Last Dance. It's, it's, it's a series on ESPN. If you've not watched it, you need to check it out. It's really a documentary about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And I, I will warn you, every once in a while, there's some, there's some locker room language in there, but it's really a documentary about what happened during that season of, of Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And uh, the Chicago Bulls, they had started getting on a winning streak, but they could not win championships. So the owners, they get together and they bring in a new coach, Phil Jackson. And when they bring him in, he comes in with a different perspective on coaching. Now, Michael Jordan was already there. He was already playing. He was already setting records. He was already making a name for himself, but they were not winning championships. And I loved watching this because I, as I, was, I was like, that, that right there will preach. I loved watching this story on play as they're interviewing these people. And Phil comes in with a different perspective. The coach before him, everything was about Michael. Michael, Michael, Michael. He was in all the plays. He was shooting all the shots, but they could not win a championship. Michael was, he was winning uh, awards. He was, he was breaking records. He was setting personal records. He was setting NBA records, most points scored. I mean, he is shattering those things because every play was about Michael. And that was the coach's perspective. That, that, that was what he was going for. But Phil comes in with a different perspective and his coaching technique all of a sudden is not all about Michael, which is really hard to do. And all of a sudden he turns it toward the team. It was interesting as Michael Jordan was talking and he was talking about how he really did not like Phil to begin with. He didn't like his coaching style because all of a sudden when it came from his own lips, he said, it wasn't about me anymore. He was taking the ball out of my hand and putting it in someone else's hand. But all of a sudden you watch as Michael catches this revelation of it's not about me, it's about the team. And if I collaborate with people, we could win a championship. And when Michael comes to this revelation, he starts pouring into teammates. And all of a sudden, you start hearing about people by the name of like Scottie Pippen. And all of a sudden, this team starts coming alive. And when Michael gets this revelation that it's not about me, it's about the team, they start winning national championships. And all of a sudden, he realizes that, hey, I need to be collaborating. This is about team. I can't do this alone. We're going to be better together. And all of a sudden, he starts collaborating and they start winning championships.
Collaborating, collaboration. If, if you look it up, it means to work uh, with one another, to cooperate with each other. See, I believe that this has been God's plan from the very beginning of time is for people to collaborate together. I believe from the very beginning of time, God has called people to come together with other people. He's putting us together. It's not God's plan for you to be alone. From the very beginning of time, when God starts creating in Genesis, if you read throughout the days, he's creating the first day, the second day. He's creating the sky and the water, and he's separating them. And the wind was blowing over the water, and it was parting the seas. And he's creating uh, fish, and he's creating animals, and, and, and the sun, and he's creating a light. And all of these things he is creating. And at the end of every day, what does he say? He says, it's good, it's good. And then he gets to creating human beings to man. And he says, it's, it's, it's very good. It's, it's, it's really good. But just, just as a sidebar to get you thinking, what are you creating in this season? And is, is it good? Would God think that it's good? What are you creating in this season? And is it good? Wouldn't it be awesome at the end of every day that you live, after you take your shower and after you crawl into bed and before you close your eyes, you can look back on the day and say, it is good. I didn't get to finish everything that I needed to, but it's still, it's still good. I didn't get to make all the phone calls that I needed to, but it's good. Wouldn't that be awesome? I, I believe that's a prayer that we we need to be praying is that at the end of the day, we can look back and say, man, it is good. And from the very beginning of time, God starts blessing every day with it is good. And he gets to man and say, well, that's very good. But all of a sudden, there is something that God starts to contemplate that is not good. From the very beginning of time, it is good. It is good. It is very good. But then you hear God say, it's not good. And that was, it's not good for man to be alone. Why? Because God felt that man needed someone to collaborate with. He felt that man needed someone to be together with, to interact together. And, and all of a sudden, now more than ever, as we've been in this season of quarantine and social distancing, now more than ever, don't you understand this spiritual principle of God? Don't you understand that God did not make us to be alone? Amen? God did not want you to be alone. The devil has lied to you. The devil doesn't want you to be locked. Uh, God doesn't want you to be locked up in your house. He doesn't want you to not be interacting. He doesn't want you to avoid phone calls. Why? Because that is the devil's plan for you is to be quarantined, to be, to be locked away, to be isolated. God does not want that for you. Why? Because from the very beginning of time, God created his people to collaborate and to get together. Adam could not fulfill God's vision for his life, which was what? To be fruitful and multiply. Adam could not do that alone. He couldn't finish the vision alone. Sin Sin wasn't God's first disappointment. If I were to ask you today, what do you think God's first disappointment was on earth? You would probably say Adam and Eve eating from the tree of the forbidden fruit. But guess what? No, no, no. 
Sin was not God's first disappointment. God's first disappointment was was being alone. It was isolation. It was the lack of collaboration. Scripture even says, guess what? Scripture says that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put uh, 10,000 to flight. It just doesn't add up, does it? If one can put 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, it's just not adding up. Because if one can put 1,000, that means that two should be able to do what? I'm no great mathematician, but I can do some basic math. If one can do 1,000, the other together should be able to do 2,000, right? It just does not add up. It is such horrible math, but it is it is the perfect spiritual principle. Not only do you need vision, and not only do you need favor, and not only do you need to know how to wait, but guess what? You can do so much more together with the body of Christ. Amen? That is God's plan for your vision. That's part of God's vision for you, is that you are not alone, that you that, that you are not, uh, that you do not sit at home on Sundays and have no connecting with the body of Christ. That's not God's plan for you because if one can put a thousand, two can put 10,000, God created this system of multiplication. God created this. If you can do so much more together with the body of Christ, why do this thing alone? If you can put a thousand and I can put a thousand to flight, but whenever we get together, we can put 10,000 demons to flight. Why would I want to build things alone? Why would I want to be alone? Why do you think that demons in hell are rejoicing over this season that the world is in? Why do you think that demons love this this season of isolation? Why? Because we are isolated. Why do demons love it? Because we are isolated. They think that they are putting a halt on the word of God. They understand the principle of Matthew 18, 19. They understand it whenever Jesus was saying, and again, I say unto you, again, he's like, it's like he's saying, look, I've already told you once, but I'm going to tell you Again, and I want to tell somebody again today, guess what? The devil is a liar. You are not supposed to be alone on earth. God has created you for collaboration with people. It's part of his vision for you. And if you want to be a kingdom builder, if you want a God vision, you've got to understand this. Again, I say to you, demons understand this principle. Again, I say to you that if Two of you shall agree on earth as what? Touching. Someone say touching. Touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. The devil loves isolation. He loves it that you can't get together and touch and agree. He loves it. He loves the six feet principle that you can't get together and Touch because the word says if you get together with believers, come on somebody, and you start touching and agreeing that it can be done, it shall be done by our Father in heaven. The devil loves the isolation. He loves to steal your vision where you can't get together and collaborate. He loves that we can't get together in altars right now and lay hands on people and encourage each other. He loves this season. He loves it. Why does he love isolation? Because isolation is life support for demons. 
Isolation is life support for demons. Demons love it because they understand the principle that one can put a thousand, but two is 10,000. So whenever you can't get together, isolation, whenever you lock yourself up, whenever you let your mind tell you that you don't need to be out, uh, that you really don't need to be a part of a body on Sunday morning. Whenever you start listening to those things, demons start rejoicing. Why? Because isolation is their life support. It's like a lifeline to them. And the devil loves it because it's going against God's plan for your life. You were not meant to be alone. God created the body. It was his plan from the beginning. Get this, the math of the kingdom does not add up. God's math for the kingdom, it does not add. It multiplies. Can you see, amen? Whenever you get a vision from God, and you understand the waiting, and you understand the prayer and the fasting of favor, and you understand these principles that we've been talking about these last few weeks, guess what? Multiplication starts happening. Multiplication is the math concept of the kingdom, amen? Why? Because in the beginning, God didn't like that Adam was alone, so he took a rib and made Eve so that they could be fruitful in what? multiply. In the Gospels, Jesus starts talking. He uses the parable of the talents. And guess who gets the, and guess who gets the most talents? At the end of the story, it is the person that was multiplying them. It's about multiplication. And yes, the day of Pentecost came and thousands were added, but, but guess what? They really were not just added because the church started multiplying all across the world because of that act of obedience that day. Guess you need to understand this today, that, 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 that the math concept of the kingdom and vision is multiplication. Get this, your marriage needs collaboration. Your business, it needs collaboration. Your church, it needs collaboration. It needs collaboration. I have to collaborate. When I don't understand something, I collaborate. When I need opinions about something, I call people, what do you think about this? And collaborate. When I need something musically, that's not my skill set. So I have to call some people and say, will this work? Can we, can we collaborate? When I need something uh, to do with, with media or the cameras or wiring, I have to call people and collaborate. God did not create us to walk alone. And your vision will never be fulfilled if it just involves you. Mm. The church must collaborate. Everything of the kingdom must collaborate and get together with other people. What is collaboration? Collaboration, like we talked about, means to work with one another and to cooperate. Whatever you want to reflect the kingdom of God, it needs collaboration. If you want something in your life to reflect the kingdom of God, you've got to stop. You've got to start understanding it's not about me and I can't do this alone, but I need to collaborate. I need to be, I need to be with others. It needs that vision. It needs more than you. It needs more than your wisdom. It needs more than your, than your mind and your skills. It needs other people. It needs multiple. That is God's plan. That's God's plan for the church. Look at the verse for today. Look at 
Look at the verse. Listen, look and listen at the cooperating that was occurring. Cooperate, when you break it apart, means to cooperate. Working together. Look at it. There were some people, they were builders. They had a skill set. They had the bricks. They had the mortar. They had everything going on. They were laying the bricks. And then there were another group there. Those people were not only Those people had the armor on, they had their weapons, and not only were they protecting the wall, get this, but they were also on guard, guarding their brothers that were doing the work. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit today because because that's the message in itself. Somebody needs to get that. Do you see that right there? That is what kingdom builders are doing. If you want to be a kingdom builder, There will be some who are building, but there takes everybody. All of them had weapons. Everybody must be protecting the other people. Can somebody say amen? Kingdom builders are not only building, but they don't need to tear down their brother to build the kingdom. This right here is going to preach to somebody today. Kingdom builders don't tear down another leader because they want to get a step up. That's not a kingdom builder. Come on, somebody. Kingdom builders don't lie about people. Kingdom builders don't gossip about people. They don't have time for that. Kingdom builders don't knock somebody down so they can step on them to get, to get a step ahead of them. That's not a kingdom builder. Come on, somebody. That'll preach to somebody's life today. If somebody is doing that in your life today, guess what? That's not part of the kingdom. And if you're doing it and, and you're doing it in the name of love and Christ, you need to check yourself. It, 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 it don't work that way. Kingdom builders are always protecting their brothers and sisters. They don't use or they don't just use a brother or sister to build a wall to get them what they need and then toss them out with the water. Can somebody can somebody say amen today? They realize all of a sudden they begin to realize that they're not only bricklayers building a wall, but they realize that they're building their legacy and they've got to protect their legacy. All kingdom builders with kingdom visions, they, they, they are not just building churches to exalt their own name, but they are building the kingdom to protect their legacy. Your vision is about legacy. One thing I love about being around a kingdom builder is that kingdom builders is that they're not only they're not only building for the present. They're not only building something right now. But really, kingdom builders, everybody thinks that they're building something right now. But a kingdom builder understands that they have, that they've called a vision of something powerful that's about to happen in their future. And they're building it for their legacy. They're building it for the future. They're building it for the legacy. They see a legacy. They see a harvest. They see those things. Everyone in this verse right here, they knew the vision. Everyone had a place. No one was lagging. Everyone everyone was on task. Everyone is protecting. The, the, The brick layers were not only laying the bricks with one hand, But the word says that they had a weapon on the other side. They knew, they understood that the enemy was watching. If you've got a vision, guess what? The enemy is watching you. If you don't have a vision, the enemy really has nothing to worry about. 
But if you've been going through some stuff and the enemy is watching you, they understood that, that, that because they were on task and on target with their vision, that the enemy was watching and hated them. And guess what? They, while, while they're laying the brick, they've got a weapon in the other hand. They were ready to fight. Well, they were ready to fight. The Bible says, I believe it's in Jude chapter three. I believe it says, uh, when he's writing, he says, he says, I'm just writing to remind you to contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. What does contend mean? Let me give you some synonyms or words that are the same as contend today. Contend, some synonyms mean affirm, assert, Claim, declare, insist, maintain, profess to warrant. Contend for the faith. It's almost like fighting for the faith. If God gives you a vision, you don't only need to know how to wait. You don't even, you don't only know how, you don't only need to know how to pray and fast. You not only need favor, but you need to know how to contend in the spirit. Can you say amen to that today? You need to know how to fight, how to affirm, how to claim, to declare, maintain, profess, and warrant. Kingdom visionaries don't trample their brothers to get there, to get what they want. No, no, no. That is, that is, that is a demonic act. If someone is trashing somebody else to get what they want to no, know, they, 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 they're, they're in the wrong business. That's a, that's, a, that's a demonic act. I'll just go ahead and call it what it is. But kingdom builders are all about building and protecting their legacy. They know it. They are, they are contending for it. They will protect it. They will do whatever it takes for that. A question I want to leave with you today is, what are you building right now that you would contend over? And what are you protecting with all of your life and all of your might? And is that thing aligning with the kingdom of God? If not, you need to contend for the kingdom. If not, you need to check your vision because I don't know if you know this or not, but the signs of the time are all around us. God's return is near. I don't say that to get you to give your life to Christ. I don't say that to, to scare you. I just say it as a fact today. God's return is near. The last days are playing out before us. The sounding of his trumpet, it's near. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a way to know if it's my vision or a God vision is to ask, is it about me or is it about others? And today, I want to give you another way to, a rubric to tell, a second way to tell if, if it's a God vision or if it's a my vision. Last week or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, is this about me or is this about others? Because God's vision will always be more about other people than it will be about yourself. That's hard to understand sometimes. But a second rubric I want to give to you today, a second measuring tool I want to give to you today is, 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 is this a God vision or is it my, my vision? Ask, is your vision focused on building and protecting 
your own assets? Is your vision focused on building and protecting your own assets? Or is your vision focused on building and protecting the legacy of the kingdom of God? Wow. Nehemiah's walls. Some of those walls are still standing today. Wow. Some things are just worth fighting for. Some things are just worth contending for. Another question for you today is, what do you want to be standing, still standing 50 years from now that you're contending for right now? Is what you are contending for right now worth still standing 50 years from now? What do you want to be still standing 100 years from now when you're dead and gone and, and, and people are reading your legacy? What do you want to still be standing in your life? Fight for that thing. Contend for your marriage. Fight for your children. Fight for your legacy. Fight for it. Fight for it. Contend for it. Collaborate with other people for it. Because if it's going to stand the test of time, if your vision, the thing that you're working for is going to stand the test of time, you must have a God vision. You must know how to wait. You need the favor of God. You've got to know how to collaborate. You've got to know how to work and protect your brothers and your sisters. And you've got to fight for it. You've got to fight for it. What are you fighting for? What's consuming your mind right now? What are you fighting for on a daily basis? What makes no sense that you are fighting for when you could turn your attention to something of the kingdom of God? What are you fighting for in this season? What is it? I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. I am sick and tired of fighting against flesh and blood. I'm not fighting on the internet. I'm not fighting with you on Facebook. If you don't like my posts, keep scrolling. If you don't like my views, keep scrolling. I'm not fighting with you over politics. I'm not fighting with you if you want to wear a mask or not. I'm not fighting with you if you think it's time to open or close. I'm not fighting with you over those things. Why? I'm not fighting with you over those things. Why? Because I don't fight against flesh and blood. Do you know what? I have a demon that has been assigned to destroy me. You know what? You've got a demon that has your name and your picture on it. I've got more battles to be fighting than political views. I've got more battles to be fighting than the color of a carpet. I've got more battles to be fighting. Why? Because there are demons that have been assigned to me. There are demons that have been assigned to you. There are demons that have been assigned to my family. There are demons that have been assigned to my church, and I don't have time to fight over the mundane things. I don't have time to fight over things that have no value in the kingdom, that, that has no value with my vision. But let me tell you something. You step up against my vision. You step up against my God, and I'm going to contend. I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. No, no, no. Why? Because I've got demons that are trying to destroy me. But guess what? I'm fighting against principality 
principalities. I'm fighting against powers. I'm fighting against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't have time to fight over people. I don't have time to knock another church because they may be doing something different. Come on, somebody. I don't have time to be fighting against with other spiritual leaders. I don't have time for those things. Why? Because the kingdom of God is happening now. The kingdom of God is about to be advanced and I'm not spending my energy and my vision focused on the little things, but I've got heavenly things that are calling for my attention. Amen. You've got a heavenly plan, a heavenly vision that is that is crying for your attention. Get yourself off of Facebook. Don't worry about who's wearing a mask or who's not. Get on your knees and declare the goodness of God. You start declaring those things. You grab hold of the vision that God has for you and contend for it in your prayer closet. Can you say amen with me today? I don't have time to fight with people. Why? Because I've got demons to destroy. Can somebody just come into agreement with me today? I just want to shout today. I may be by myself, but I can still shout all along. Why? Because I know that there are demons that are ticked off at me right now because I'm standing in an empty room. I'm preaching till I'm blue in the face and they can't stand it. Why? Because I'm preaching the word of God to somebody who's about to understand Stand it. I'm preaching God's word to somebody that's about to be a kingdom builder. I'm preaching vision to somebody who's been visionless all of their life and they're about to grab hold of something in the spirit realm that is about to alter every person they come in contact with today. Demons can't stand it when you break isolation. Demons can't stand it when you start collaborating with the body. Stop fighting with brothers and sisters. Stop worrying about what the church across the city is doing and just start focusing on your vision. Know the vision of your church. Pray for people. Lift them up today. God is calling for kingdom builders in this time. And guess what? It will be the kingdom builders that when all of this is over, that is going to come out on top. Watch it. Mark it and measure it. I don't have time for those things. Why? Because I've got a vision I don't have time to fight with people because I've got to collaborate with people. I don't have time to argue with you. Why? Because I've got demons that are hot on my trail. They're trying to rip my vision away. I've got bigger things to fight for. Can you just declare that over your life right now? You are no longer going to stoop down to people's level. You're no longer going to be fussing and fighting over little mundane things that have no kingdom eternal value. But you're about to raise yourself up. You're about to mount up with wings like eagle. Why? Because you've been waiting on God and God's about to give you some favor, some tenacity that you're going to contend. You're going to know when to duck. You're going to know when to swing. You're going to know when to go into the corner. You're going to know what to do because God is about to empower his church. I don't want to be ripping people apart to make a point. I'm not going to step on another church to build my church. I'm not going to rip another leader apart. I'm not going to know why I don't have time for that. Why? Because the kingdom of God is waiting for people like you and I to collaborate, to get on the same page of vision and work and guard and protect. That's what kingdom builders do. I feel that word today in my spirit. I hope this word has grabbed your heart today.
I want to pray for you. Can I pray for you today? God, I pray for every person that is listening, every person that is watching today, God. God, I lift them up to you today. God, I pray, God, right now, Lord, that you just begin to stir vision like never before in the hearts of your people. God, I pray like never before, God, that you allow us to go through the process of waiting. God, I pray like never before that you give us favor that this world has never seen. God, I pray, God, like never before, God, that you allow us to collaborate with each other. God, that you allow us to to understand that it's not about just me, but God, visions are always about we. God, and I pray, God, that right now, God, that you put that in somebody's spirit today. God, that that you just impregnate them right now with this word. God, I pray, God, that you silence the tongue against man. God, and I pray, God, that you loose the tongue that is edifying you. Come on, somebody needs to declare that day. Your tongue, your tongue has been just going crazy in this season. You've been talking about this person and that person, that leader in that business, and you don't like this. God is about to tame your tongue and release it with praises unto him. That's a kingdom builder today. Come on, somebody declare that over your life today. You've been complaining, but you've not been edifying. You've been griping, but you've not been worshiping. You've been fighting against people, but you've not been contending for your faith. And God is about to do something with you and through you today. I declare that over your life. I declare that today. I'm praying for you. We're lifting you up today. God sees you. God hears you. And God is moving on your behalf. God, today, do something great. Today, oh God, do something that blows our minds. God, can you just blow our minds today? Leave us astounded. Leave us amazed today. God, we thank you. Somebody's getting tenacity today. Somebody that's been sitting down and standing up today. You've been building your own kingdom, but God is switching a vision. You're going to start building the kingdom of God. I declare that over lives today. I declare it. I declare it. Isn't God good? Can you just thank him right now where you are at today? God is good. God is good. If you're watching today and you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you personally. You say, well, how are you going to do that? There should be an eye. If you're watching a Legacy Church online right now, there should be an icon come up. You can click on that and it'll ask for your, I believe, for your name and for your email address or a phone number, I do believe. I'm going to contact you. I'm going to call you personally. And I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to walk this thing out together. I believe in the power of prayer, and every person needs Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you want to be saved today, or maybe you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, click on that icon, and I'm going to call you. I'm going to contact you personally, and we're going to pray for this thing. I thank you again for being with us today. I thank you for your faithfulness and giving. Next week, guess what? It's Mother's Day. Next week is Mother's Day, and every mom that is watching next week, there's going to be a, there's going to be a link. All you got to do is click on it, and you're going to, every mom that's watching during the service, you're going to get something free. Every mom. So invite your friends, invite your family to be watching. Click on that link, and then guess what? Not only will everyone be getting something, but every woman that registers, we're, we're, we're going to be drawing four names out of the hat. And we're catering a meal to your family. Mama, you will not have to cook. We're, we're going to feed your entire household, okay? So we're doing that. That's, that's, next, that's next week, Mother's Day.
So invite your friends, invite your moms, invite your sisters, invite all those people to next week with us starting for Mother's Day. And I'm starting a brand new, a brand new series about the Holy Spirit. Because Pentecost is on the way. I can't wait to share that word with you. I can't wait to see you again next week. All right. Thanks so much. God bless. Have a great week.